This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the motion picture you are about to see contains an evil spell. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. Hey, I'm Trevor, and this is the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 382. If this is your first time to discovering us welcome and if you found yourself in this haunted house before welcome home in either case thank you so much for spending some of your time with us it is deeply appreciated apple Podcasts is where you can leave us a review as well as introduce yourself and say hey next week we've confirmed we are going guestless so lauren leo and myself will be reading your reviews at the top of the show as well as catching up and sharing some great horror recommendations for you and a bunch of fun stuff going on that you can be a part of now it's on with the show and two great friends of ours and yours filmmaker visual artist and creator of the band power man 5000 spider one and filmmaker actor composer and songwriter creator of the band knee fox chrissy fox make their return to the speakeasy studio with their latest twisted and fun genre bender bury the bride the time of release, brand new, free, exclusively on Tubi. Come along with us as they inspire you to go out and create whatever it is that you are passionate about through what they continue to do with One Fox Productions that has taken the festival circuit by storm with award-winning horror shorts and features these past few years. Learn about the challenges involved in making this particular new one, assembling their tremendous cast, including Scout Taylor Compton and Chrissy herself, the power of a great twist, fun dialogue and buckets of blood in this spoiler-free convo. Episode 382 with Spider-One, Chrissy Fox, and Barry the Bride is now slaying. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. All right, joining Bloody Disgusting's Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio are two creative powerhouses and good friends of ours who are no stranger to the Boo Crew family. He is the creator of the platinum-selling multi-award-winning band Power Man 5000, whose reckless and pioneering spirit of innovation was instrumental in changing the direction and production of rock music since their debut in the mid-90s. Their sound has peppered the horror genre and everything from Freddy vs. Jason to Bride of Chucky and most recently Terrifier 2. As a celebrated filmmaker and writer, his affection for monsters paired with an incredible sense of humor gave us the cult favorite series MTV's Death Valley in 2010. Also here with us is a multidisciplined actor and filmmaker whose work in the music world includes fronting her own band Knee High Fox as well as writing several number one hit singles and songs for bands from Theory of a Dead Man to New Year's Day. She's appeared in the Underworld franchise alongside Adam Brody and Kristen Stewart and John Kasdan's In the Land of Women and has garnered at least a dozen awards from the biggest festivals in the world for her own films, most recently taking Best Director for her new short Together, they are One Fox Productions, which very quickly has become an exciting two-person cinematic grindhouse where they do everything from writing, directing, producing, editing, and scoring incredible films and shorts basically from their garage. And this content has been making a ton of noise out there, not only catching the attention of horror fans everywhere, but distributors like RLJE and Shudder. Titles you are likely familiar with include What the Spell, Frank, I Live Alone, and Allegoria. Their latest is brand new on Tubi. As we speak, it's called Bury the Bride which just took home Panic Fest's Best of Fest Feature Film Award. We are honored to be joined by its writer-director, Spider-One, and writer-composer, sound designer, editor, and star, Chrissy Fox. Yeah! I think that was the best one yet, Wow, I paid for that on Fiverr, so I didn't even have to write that one. I'm thinking that you could try a little harder. GPT money's Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the AI. It's all done by AI now. Yeah, you aren't even here. We just It's all text-to-speech. Nothing called chat bot bot what is that thing chat gpt chat, man. what did i think chat bot that's it's, like uh, yeah i don't know it's mold. freaky man you could type anything and i was like having it write k-rock promos for me everything oh it's my done. gosh he's been oh man i've been ha- 
having with fun. It. Well, that's yeah. how we wrote Barry the Bride. <laughs> <laughs> write us in horror movies and stuff happening. Don't start that rumor. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, I mean, God, congratulations, guys. This thing is doing awesome. Uh, not only you. the Panic Fest Award, it's like one of the most watched things on Tubi. I think it's like the, the, in the first place right now, right? I, I mean, I don't know how they determine these things, but it seems to be. Yeah, you know, it's been great. It's all a mystery to us, but people seem to be watching. Yeah, everyone seems to be loving it. The reviews are pouring in. And I I guess starting off with the most generic, shitty question probably of all time. How does it feel to have something that really was homespun? (laughs) I think you're going to say that people actually like it. Right, no, no. (laughs) I was like, wow. (laughs) That would be incredibly ballsy. (laughs) I'm telling you what, I'm not used to it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like how does it feel to have so many people respond to it and have it find its its audience so quickly, being as it is something that you've been so close to for so many years? I mean, a year ago we were talking about this at Monster Palooza. I think you were just about going into the edit stage or somewhere in the editing stage you know you're talking to us about the filming process a little bit and everything which we'll get into but there's got to be some sort of I don't know celebration going on for this like a celebration yeah yeah yeah. just in your mind throwing it to you no I, I mean I think that this it was funny because when we started the you know talking about this film and writing this film it was like oh this is gonna be like something really easy and fun that we're gonna we'll write together and then we'll make in between other projects and then it just became this much larger bigger beast and we ended up you know having probably the easily the hardest shoot of our life but it's become this amazing thing that people are responding to so yeah we've been we've been just kind of blown away by the response and just like the fact that once we get into explaining some of the stories from the set you'll understand but um yeah, I think it's just been a super overwhelming and positive experience. And, you know, this was like true blood, sweat and tears. So it's just nice, I think, for both of us that it's out there now. It's nice that it's done. Yeah, yeah it's nice that it's done. <laughs> so and everyone can enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's been super cool. And it's uh, yeah, it is. A, it's I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop because people seem to like it, which, you know, <laughs> I'm not used to that kind of, I'm used to like being pretty divisive. I mean, I think they're, it's divisive in some sure. way, but like, yeah, it's been, people seem to be, cause I think it's a different approach. It's not, it's not as challenging of a movie. It's more just like a hell yeah, this is a really cool horror movie, yeah, like you know, horror movie, and, yeah. and with some things that feel familiar, but then we kind of turn them on their head at a certain point in the movie. So it, uh, and, and, and it surprises a lot of people where the movie ends up going. Yeah, I think that's been one of the coolest things is that we, when we made it, obviously there's, I don't know how much spoiler land we're getting into, but there there's a twist in the film that we thought, or like, oh, people probably are going to figure this out early, but generally every single person's like, I did not see that. Yeah, coming. they've been that responding was, to the yeah. twist. Like, yeah. wow, that was out of left field. And we're like, great. Like, we hope that was going to happen, but well, you don't know. You there know? was that one guy in Letterbox. He said, I, That's figured, true. I figured it out in the first 30 yeah. seconds. He's the only one. But, <laughs> How? Yeah. How? There's no, no hints in the first 30 <laughs> seconds. And nothing I think. It's just, there's always that guy. Yeah, there's always gotta be. I saw that coming. Yeah. So when yeah. you guys wrote this together, how does that work? Do you, how do you write together? And when the hell did you do it? Cause it's like yeah. the past couple years, we've all been busy, some of it together mm-hmm. and both of you on your own and Spider, you've been touring and Chrissy's been writing songs still and doing all that <laughs> stuff. When, when did you, when did you get this in? Yeah. We wrote her super fast, right? We did. Yeah. I mean, it really like spun from this little tiny idea I had in the shower one day and I was like, Hey, you know, again, it was like, this will be something simple and you know, we could do this together. It'll be so fun. And, and then we kind of talked it out and it was pretty much like we figured out the twist and then we figured out how everyone was going to die and the script pretty much wrote itself (laughs) in you know a week and a half to two weeks it was so fast like you know we powered through this and it was really smooth you know people ask us us that because we're a couple you know did you guys fight and kill each other yeah we did argue oh I mean well that's normal but we didn't kill each other and we didn't argue a lot I expected it to be a lot harder than yeah I mean it was it was definitely like a back and forth like she tends to write way faster than me like she was like I wrote 10 pages I'm like what I wrote three sentences you know but so she would like outline you know 20 pages and then like and then I would go through it and nitpick and oh maybe we did this and give it back and then she'd lie like that line I, can we put that back and I'm like yeah maybe okay well you have that one and we kind of I mean it's definitely a lot more compromise than I 
have ever because I, I you know don't usually write with anybody else so you know it was, it was I think harder for me to compromise than maybe you because yeah I think well I think I have a background obviously in songwriting with other bands so I'm used to you know not being super precious and being open to other people's ideas mm-hmm. even if I think they're wrong and hearing them out and get you know trying things and I think spider's like wait what no <laughs> stop yeah but he, he did learn that. throughout this and and you know he actually he you know he compromised a lot and so did i and it but it became something really cool because we have a male and a female voice in this and there's such strong male and female characters i think that's sort of what made the dynamics feel really real so that was that was cool i enjoyed that part of it yeah i think because of that because there were you know it is almost and it isn't but it there is a, a sort of a battle of the sexes vibe in some of the dynamic of the movie so it you know there were certain things that i just didn't even touch you know because it was like the female voice but right. then there were parts with the guys like oh i can dive into this guy a little bit more and so maybe you know it wasn't like a rule it wasn't like you take these characters i take these characters we definitely both contributed to all the characters but i think at the end of the day there's probably like a there's a there's a divide where chrissy probably his voice is stronger in the female characters and mine in some of the male characters, you know. Right. From, from the initial, like, conversations you guys had together, did you guys have the full movie in mind or did it just evolve over time and, like, flesh out? I mean, we fleshed it out over, like, a few days of obsessively talking about it and then it became, like, we don't we don't tend to do classic outlines because I feel like that takes so much time. It's just, like, I'd rather, and he's sort of the same way, just start writing something and see where it sort of takes us. But because we were doing this together... I would kind of throw, I'm like, okay, well, what if so-and-so dies like this? So then that makes this person do this. And, you know, and, and once we had those basic rules, it made it a lot easier just to let the natural, you know, fighting and then the natural, like, just the storyline progress. For anyone getting into screenwriting and who looks at it as a daunting, impossible task, are there any mechanics that you guys have applied in in writing this barrage of scripts that we've seen over the past few years that tends to work over and over again like some sort of formula that you just you know like having the twist first and writing into it is that a is that something you want to do every time instead of sitting in front of a blank page and just going shit what can i come up with i think for me there's a couple of things that always you know at this point i've probably written six or seven screenplays right so in the ones that and there are probably a few that never never finished because, you know, it, there's a couple of rule, rules that I like to have. And there's a basic rule that everybody talks about is like, know your ending like that. Because if you don't know where you're going, it's really hard to get lost on that road to sure. like, you, you know, the first 20 pages are really easy because you're setting up your characters. I know it's going to be this guy and he's a he's a mechanic and he's a, whatever it is you have, you know, you're in. You know, and so that you're like, man, I'm on a roll. And then you hit this wall because you don't know how this is all ending. So that's really important. The other thing for me is, and I always say to people, is like, know what your movie is about and know what your movie means. In other words, like you can have a movie, it's about this. It's about, a you know, Rocky. It's about a boxer who gets a chance to fight the heavyweight title for the heavyweight title. But what does it mean? Like what are the what is the what is the underlying thing that that story really is about? And if you have that, you have all these great resources to tap into to help you develop the story, hopefully into an interesting, you know, an interesting thing. So those those are a couple of things that I like to keep in mind when I'm working on anything. Right, Chrissy, you have anything? Any- yeah, I, I mean, I agree with both of those things, and honestly, a lot of it kind of goes back to just the way you I would write a song. It's like it's usually I have a title, and then I have the concept. And yeah, the deeper meaning. But I also think it's really important, the dialogue for me and and that all the characters have their own voice and that, you know, you develop them enough that you care what happens to them. Um, So I always think a lot before I dive into a screenplay about who these characters are and what their motivation is and why. Um, And it really helps because I feel like sometimes you'll see a movie that you're like, I didn't really care what happened. I just was like, really enjoyed the ride with that person and what they're going through. And I connected to their story. And so I like that element of it too it's like for me like listening to a song and you know lyrics and why why i love a song that tends to be what it is is a lyric speaks to me and it you know triggers an emotion in me so so that would be the other thing i think that's super important right now you guys have done a few of these films before already like we mentioned 
So you're no stranger to the challenges of bringing these things to life. Now, we're going to try and avoid as many spoilers of the, <laughs> the twist as we can so people can discover it. Yeah, uh, I'm glad when it doesn't matter. Any, I mean, it might not matter at this point, but I mean, maybe yeah. we'll keep it We could warn quiet. people. If yeah, we we'll warn people if we get yeah, into it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll save it, save that for later. But uh, for now, knowing that, or did you, did you not know from the beginning that this is something that you were going to make yourselves? Uh, if you did, did that skew the writing at any point where you're like, ah, shit, we can't do that because we're not going to be able to actually make it happen or, uh, you know, it's going to transcend our budget or, you know, did that guide you in any way? Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this today about writing for the achievable, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's, I mean, nothing's easy, but yeah, you can sit down and write a movie, but you're going to need 20, $20 million to make it. But if you only have 20000 it's going to be a pretty crappy movie, right? So, I mean, I think we always try to keep a simplicity to the movie. The is, budget it, was not 20000 by the way. Just but yeah. <laughs> No, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, I know what you're saying. You know. <clears throat> what was the budget? Uh, <laughs> but, um, but even still, you run into things. Like, we thought Barry the Bride was... This is as simple as it gets, you know, like this is going to be so easy because it it was one location, essentially, because we found this crazy, uh, this crazy property in Lancaster in the desert. And there were all these different there were two houses on the property and a a trailer and all these rusted out pickup trucks. We like it just it felt like this kind of epic situation but it was essentially one place did you uh, did you see the place before you wrote it or anytime during no we changed well th- that's something that happens too we the original script took place in a cabin in the woods but being in southern california that's really hard to find um we would go look at cabins and but they had neighbors right next to them yeah. so you know but what we found was, man, there's a lot of desert property. So we just changed the woods to the desert to fit what we had available, which ended up being way cooler anyway. Like it just, you know, sometimes those things, sometimes being flexible to change will make your movie better. You know, mm-hmm. instead of sticking to one thing, but we thought it would be really easy. And it wasn't because we shot a ton of stuff outside and the weather in the desert is awful. Like it's, hot as hell in the day freezing cold at night and winds like hurricane force winds blowing dirt and shit yeah, all over the place like oh, wow. sand in everyone's eyes and everyone's <clears throat> blinded and crying audio and, problems too yeah. probably hitting the microphones left well, and right you're, and you're 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 recording audio in a windstorm you know and so you're like having to deal with that and we had a lot of characters so there were some scenes with nine characters you know in a room and trying to get that coverage and so uh you know Sometimes you you don't you're trying to be economic and simple with your ideas, but sometimes you you're they're not. You know, we had to, every single day we had to change gears and and make decisions on the fly because of the weather scenarios. You know, we had mapped out this scene's going to take place here, and this scene's going to take place here, and we'd get there and be impossible to shoot because. Thing everyone's blowing down the road in the in the desert storm and sand tornadoes coming through and you know so we okay well I guess we got to figure some let's plan B what's plan C and so every day was that kind of challenge figuring out how we're gonna you know accomplish this scene was there ever, was there ever any thought into like hey we can use this wind to our advantage and incorporate that into the movie uh, n- not not that type of wind it was like crazy like me, people being like all the gear being blown over people being blown over it, it did look it did add it a, cool. a visual yeah. element but in terms of logistics it was a nightmare you know yeah. i mean with with audio and and just yeah people having to perform you know a scene but it looks kind of nice you know yeah i mean for sure. i mean when you watch the movie it doesn't seem no, yeah, not at, all. Like, not at the beginning, there's a little bit yeah, in uh, little Lindsay's like, hair, right? As it's yeah. like blowing away, and it looks cool. Yeah, that it, it's 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 crazy when you watch the movie, you don't see it. It's like people say you don't in, like you can't tell temperature on film. You know, sure. it's the same kind of thing. In, in that the opening shot with her, she's peeing, and they're in the car. It was. <laughs> Insane. Like we have some behind the scenes footage of me sitting on the side of the road with headphones, trying to hear, not being able to hear any dialogue because the wind's so loud. We're all 
like covered in dirt, brown, just like including you know. the actresses. Which and, and in the di- there's a shot of us filming the car, and then somebody was filming the iPhone. And they they pull off to the side, and there's literally like a 15 foot sand tornado like <laughs> twirling towards us. What? But you can't tell. Like you look at the movie, you're like, this looks fine. What but, month yeah. did you guys film this in? <laughs> May, which is which is oh, wow. crazy. It was. Like, and then beyond the weather element, there was like desert animals. So like Scout Taylor Compton, who we all know here, she she plays my sister and her and I were rehearsing a scene and we're like kneeling in front of a toolbox and literally she bumps a tumbleweed and a rattlesnake raises up in front of her face rattling. Yeah. And and we're like, I so I'm like screaming and trying to get her to stand up and she thought I was fucking with her. And it was just like and then we had these like aggressive. I don't know what they were like, some sort of desert spiders. That we would be walking at night and they'd like charge at you. It was like mm-hmm. a full nightmare. Yeah. So like that element. And then we had to have like a snake medic because we were so far from the nearest hospital that I'm like, somebody gets bit by a snake or something. They're going to lose their leg. We're not going to get them to the hospital in time. So we need to have somebody who's experienced with snake bites and how did. Yeah, it was there was every element you could possibly think of that was. And, against a, and a bunch of stuff we probably can't even talk about. Yeah, but, true. Yeah. That's true. Well, <laughs> just, so you were on it. Were you on a time crunch as to the location and how long you wanted to film and have access to even the actors? Yeah, I mean, we we shot this entire film in seven days. All oh, night shoots. wow. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, it yeah. was nuts. It was nuts. It, oh was, it, it, it almost broke us. Oh well, I mean, it, maybe it did. Because <laughs> I don't think people, bit. like people listening to this, some people are filmmakers, so they understand what yeah. that means. But I don't think a lot of people understand. Like, you know, you generally break down a day by how many pages you're going to shoot. And I think the average for a film is probably like three pages a day, four pages. <laughs> and we were doing 12 and a half pages a day. Wow. So On a it, mellow day. <laughs> and predominantly night shoots. So we're just... You know, you're getting in that weird rhythm where you're, you know, you're getting there. You know, I'd get there generally one of the first people to get there in in the afternoon and getting home when the sun's coming up the next day. So you're just in this crazy, you know, sleep deprived madness that just took over all of us. It really did. It was crazy. Like there is a moment um, that I don't know if it's a spoiler. So one of the actors, literally, we buried them alive in the movie. And they were happy to be in there because it was they were like so tired and cold and it was like warm in the ground, like literally four and a half feet in the ground. They're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah. And the, yeah, like the some of the crying in the movie, I'm like, we were all like really crying. Yeah. <laughs> so brought tired. it into the, into yeah. the performance. I mean, yeah. This was all on the property itself. Yes. Yeah. Everything was there. And we, oh, we just had trailers on the property for like people to be comfortable and warm when when they weren't filming. And it was yeah, it was it was insane. And, you know, for me, we got to the very end and there's like a couple little scenes with just me. And I was like, we, we don't need it. Like I, I, we did it, but I was like, I don't care if we have this ending of this movie. And, and then Spider told me later, he's like, there was one night where he's like, we had one last thing to shoot. That was an effect. He's like, I just want to curl up on the ground and just, I don't I want to quit. Like he was like, I was yeah, it done. was night six and we're doing some <laughs> blood effect and it's like two in the morning and we still got four pages to go. And I'm just like, I can't do this. Oh, wow. like, I'm gonna, I just want to lay down and just say, fuck it, you know, but we did it like you, but that's the amazing thing. And that's why I always credit my history in, in, in a touring band as like, you know, cause when you have crew members that don't get it, sure. like, man, you should join a band tour the country in a van, drive 12 hours through the night, lug your own gear into some club, play in front of three people, lug your gear back in, drive another 12 hours, sleep on somebody's floor. You know, like that's what you do when you're coming up in a band and it teaches you that, man, this, anything else will be easy compared to this. So, so bury the bride. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. (laughs) Almost. Almost. But we're so happy with the movie and honestly, the best part of it and I think everyone mutually is we the cast and crew like we're all such good friends and we all like like the cast loves each other and that was the best part because you know it'd be like the middle of the night and you feel like you're gonna die but then you go on the cast trailer and everybody's singing Spice Girls on, on 11 and dancing together even though we're all like delirious and covered in blood and and that made everything so much fun that now when we all watch this we're like oh my god remember that and it was that was the best time and you're like yeah no it wasn't but it was you know it's like a summer camp from hell yeah, yeah. I can't, I, it's it's hard to imagine making a movie like 
in a comfortable way. <laughs> I can't even like, imagine sure. it. I wonder if there is a comfortable way, really. I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably, whether you have uh, all the time in the world or $200 million, it's probably... Equally is probably equally as hard in other ways, all right? all that comes so much more shit. Yeah. So many Pressure. more people and so many more voices and so many yeah. more... Like, I mean, I... As much as we are growing this company and our, each film is taking a step forward in budget and in reach and the next one we have plans to take it even further there's something like that i don't want it to change like i, I keep yeah. saying we have to be so fiercely independent for as long as possible because it's just so much more fun like it's just you feel like it's a like it's a punk rock band you know yeah. what i mean you're just <laughs> you're not you're not dealing with anybody we just do it's just us and i mean and i mean of course our like talented crew and and uh actors and you know, but but essentially it's like whatever we want to do we do and there's something so much so fun about that and if that starts to change you know it, it's going to be hard to to like grapple sure, with you know sure yeah you think us giving a little bit when we're writing together never mind someone else coming in and taking our yeah you're or right or t- yeah you know? telling you how to do things or whatever man i really like that uh, speaking of characters you really give each of the character each of the characters in their own moments from from the guys and Mike, David, Bobby, and Ian, each of the women, they have their place to shine. And there's these amazing dialogue sequences that are really fun to listen to. It never, it never gets boring for a second because what they're talking about and the way they're talking is really interesting. What do you enjoy about writing that sort of dialogue? Yeah, I mean, that's the funnest part, honestly, <laughs> is just coming up with these, uh, you know, it... it the one thing that we don't ever want to do is, and you sort of touched on earlier is just come up with sort of these cookie cutter characters. And I think that anyone stepping, looking at Barry the Bride think, might think like, oh, it's, oh I, I know what this is going to be. But then you start, once these characters start opening their mouths and talking, you know, it, it's like, oh, this isn't like your standard, you know, girls in a, in a cabin in distress and in the guy, you know, in this, I had so much fun with the, you know, infusing like this pseudo religious thing with David and like his weird po- half poetry, half beat poetry, yeah. half yeah. verbal uh, Bible verse ramblings. Like that was just, and Dylan did such a great job with that. Like he just yeah. embodied that. Cause I was like, I hope he gets this. Cause it just, you know, I just wanted to be like some manic, street preacher kind of vibe and then and then you've got but you know and to me the funny part about this movie is these guys are supposed to be these terrible villains in the movie but yet they're they're more charming in some regards than the girls you know what i mean like they just seem to have their shit worked out (laughs) yeah yeah. other than they're you know using puppy as a you know they're they're whatever they're abusive friend but but like they seem to be all cool like you know they're like each other and they're joking and and the girls are the ones that are supposed to be the normal ones who are just like inner turmoil at each other's throat all the time and jealous of new friendships and old friendships and sisterly Mm -hmm you know uh sisterly battles and so uh, that was the to me the funnest part of the whole thing was coming up with those sequences yeah i think it for us too we had in our head most of the cast who we were gonna so when we were writing the voices oh, we're like, yeah i was gonna ask that yeah, we're like oh well we <laughs> want her to do it and god she's gonna deliver this great this is gonna be you know what you can hear them because we yeah. a lot of the actors we've worked with before we're friends with we know um we did hold some auditions. Chaz ha- happened to know Dylan and Cameron, who were two of the guys, and they both read and were incredible. So, um, and Chaz knew them. But yeah, Chaz was great as puppy. Chaz did he a great some, job. I got, some, I got some good laughs. Yeah, 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 he was great, and and I feel like everybody did a, such a great job. But it really helped with like defining who they were because you know Spider says this all the time. We're all kind of like amplified, insane versions of our real personalities. So, so it's just like okay, cool. What can we do with with Carmen, who's our friend Lindsay Larose? She's she's very comedic. But, she, you know, she's gorgeous and she's got a great body and she's she's totally like she's willing to go there and be out there and like, you know, say the most inappropriate, ridiculous things. Yeah. And sh- 
she'll throw things out that we don't expect her to like eat my pussy Liz that we're like whoa okay that happened you know so just having people like that and knowing you know Scout's gonna be the great little sister because there's something about Scout anyone who's ever met her or watched her on screen like you just sort of fall in love with her and you want to like protect her because she just has this warmth to her so it was really fun to play with that when we were you know Writing these, the dialogue. Yeah, I mean, in in writing a seven page scene about a guy cutting his own ear off was yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I that, love that yeah. shit. That's uh, the other one was uh, yeah. was burying the the is it the bourbon bottle or whatever. Yeah. Is that yeah. a true thing? Yeah, that's a real thing. Oh really? Um, and so yeah, I mean, you know, part of writing a script. Another thing to touch on is is just kind of researching stuff too. You know, if you if you're going to write about a central premise, like you should. And so what I always try to do is find sort of lesser known oddball things about traditions and you know locations or whatever and i found this tradition of burying bourbon in the ground and that's where the i don't think we even had a title yet and that's where the title for the movie came i was like very cool and it just bury the bourbon bury the bride i was like yeah (laughs) we had that we got well this is it we're good yeah because it just was a you know such a you know such a cool uh tradition that i'd never heard of I mean, maybe it's common, but I had never heard of it before. Yeah, and, me and neither. I thought, man, how do we take this and and pervert it into something horrific? You know, and uh, so yeah. I, and I think also getting to play with, I mean, without giving spoilers, there's a certain type of thing that happens that has like a classic lore around sure. it, and we got to play with that because of the storyline that we developed that so that was really fun too between those two things it was like super exciting for us the boo crew will be right back hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Blood eaters are out there. They are coming, hunting, searching out fresh prey. Without feeling, without mercy, they track their victims down. Nothing will prepare you for the horror of these butchers of the damned. Nothing will protect you from the terror of the Blood Eaters. See Blood Eaters Rated R. I love Dylan's voice, man. Oh, you must have got chills when he's delivering yeah. some of these lines. That, I mean, that must have been what you heard in your head. It was powerful, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He was great. And he stayed in character for the whole movie. Yeah. Like, even he didn't break. Like, you know, we didn't really know what he sounded like until the rap party. Crazy. Really? He yeah. came up to me. He's like, hey, Chrissy. I was like, oh, my God. He didn't have that drawl like or that. any of that yeah, shit, no, huh? He, he legitimately wow. freaked me out. Oh, yeah, we were like, that's, yeah. I thought that's how you really talked. <laughs> But uh, yeah, he he. Uh, it's funny because Chaz knew him, and uh, he uh, originally read for the part of Bobby, which is a much smaller part. And we're like, "Who is this guy? Like, he's good, you know." Because, like, and we're like, "Maybe we should get him to play David, you know?" Because we didn't have David cast, and when he read for that, I'm like, "This is." We felt like I mean, if we we feel that with, with all of our actors that we find, like, is you know, a lot of times there's this. Into, you know, this sort of push, but you got to find a star. And I'm like, let's make some stars. You yeah. know what I mean? And we trying to find these people that are just so talented, you know, and I think he's one of those guys that has some magical thing going on there. Yeah. In, in this and Cameron movie. as well, who ended up playing Bobby, like he was so perfect and he nailed it. And yeah, I mean, those were a couple of the only people that we hadn't worked with. And, and Katie Ryan, who played Betty. She's great. Yeah, yeah she's she was awesome, awesome too. Yeah. That's got to be a massive part of the fun is just finding new talent. And yeah, it is. It is. It's super fun, and, you know, and, and, and find in and, and when those like you said, when those people read the, the words and make the, the script better than you thought it was, was is really the payoff. Yeah. Were the auditions done in person or online? All online. So we just, we did tapes. We didn't audition certain people. Like we, we didn't audition Lindsay or Scout yeah. or, or Rachel or Adam, because we'd worked with them so much and Chaz as well. Um, 
but any people we didn't know and you know Chaz knew Dylan and Cameron he's like they're amazing and we spoke to them on the phone and we really liked them so we're like hey send us a tape but it was it was so obvious and we saw a ton of tapes for Betty we could not that was the one role we're like it's just there was tons of great actors but it wasn't right and then we we separately got the tape for Katie and we both watched it and we were away from each other and I called him and I'm like yeah he's like yeah like we knew right away we're like that's what we've been looking for and it's hard to explain why mm. but it was like the essence of what we wrote and you know she she got it yeah she was awesome yeah, it was, yeah. It, you just sometimes you just know I always I always say that like you could get audition tapes and stack them up a hundred deep and they 99 of them will sort of line up exactly the same and then ones will be one will just be off to the left a little bit like that's the one wow that's a really cool way to put it yeah like dylan's dead eyes that was like he he did this thing with his eyes that he doesn't have in real life where it's like you know where you're like someone's just about to get drunk they're right on that line and he like had this look about him i'm like this guy's i'm scared of him but he's super charming it was it was uncomfortable when those dudes get to the cabin like it feels you feel it as an audience member like oh god you know they did really good job at it and we you touched on scout we've all been friends with scout Mm -hmm. for a while and we've never had the opportunity to work with her as a actor before but obviously you guys have now what uh, now that you guys have worked with her and likely get to see a bit of her process and approach to the craft and Mm -hmm. what is under the hood that makes (laughs) what she does so special do you think i mean i just think out is like that term balls to the wall she's like let's go and she just goes for it in every take we we don't have to say a lot to her because she's she really gets always gets the assignment and she's very fearless and she's not afraid to look ugly when you have to scream and cry you know some girls who are as pretty as her are afraid to like really you know let the snot run and and scout isn't afraid of that she's like let's go like let's make this feel as authentic as possible but she also has this great energy about her and just to have her around which is a big thing especially on a hard shoot you know you'll cut and you're freezing but you're still happy that she's there and you're excited to be together and that's that's a quality that you can't teach somebody she just has right right she's been doing it forever yeah Yeah. i mean she's so young but she's been acting since she was a kid so i think it's just such a natural state to be in that uh yeah, I mean, Scout's great. I mean, put her in everything if we could. Yeah. yeah. We were watching Gilmore Girls the other yeah. day. She's like, plays a little <laughs> oh, yeah. girl in Gilmore Girls. I was like, what the hell? Scarlett was like, that is not Scout. Like, yes, that's Scout. And she was like, that is not. I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's weird when you see her as a kid and then she's grown into like this beautiful, like, Well, even woman uh, from the Halloween yeah. film, she's yeah. such oh. a different Oh, yeah, completely yeah. different. Yeah. It's yeah. wild. It's wild. Yeah. And obviously, Chrissy, you did incredible as Sadie and Thank you were directly with scout and on that chemistry and everything what uh, what are some aspects of her performance that informed you and what you brought to sadie to change anything that you were maybe not prepared for when you yelled action yeah i mean it's it's funny because a lot of this movie scout and i are fighting and i've never had an argument with scout and i couldn't imagine having an argument with scout just the type of person she is so that was interesting because our very first scene together we were in a fight yeah um and so i I mean, it tends to be the way with any actor. You can prepare something yourself, but whatever another actor gives you, it can change your performance and vice versa. And I think we immediately realized we worked really well off each other. And, you know, what she gave me really helped me become like, oh, you know, I I have to be this firmer, more alpha, bossier female and Mm -hmm. have to stand my ground to this girl. But her character is sort of more unhinged than mine was in the beginning. And I thought that that, you know, she she pushed me and I think I pushed her. Um, and, and that was that was really cool. I mean, it, yeah, it was it was just funny to our first two scenes were just full on fights with each other and crying and and uh, and it kind of continued throughout the movie. So it was cool because we we were actually being those characters. We weren't ourselves and, and our dynamic wasn't really there. Mm-hmm. But because we do love each other as people, it's sort of like that sisterly thing where it's like, I'm going to say the most awful things to you, but I still love you. And I still and I think that people could still feel that, you know, and so that was that was really neat. And I think if I didn't know her as well as I did, maybe that chemistry wouldn't have been there. So she also kind of looks like your young, your youngest. She sister. really does. Yeah. It's so weird. She looks a lot like my little sister, who I absolutely adore, and and they they have some similar qualities. So, 
and especially like within the June character. So I I felt like it um, was That's one thing I've read a couple in a couple of reviews that people would they would say like they would believe that you if you you guys were actually sisters, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of a nice compliment. Yeah, that is yeah. a very big compliment. <laughs> and then the horror community is introduced to Chaz. Yes. Right? Yes. And uh, what I don't know. Talk a bit about his. I mean, obviously he's not here, but talk a bit about his passion for this genre. And I don't know his excitement of kind of what you guys are doing with one Fox and empowering, empowering something he's passionate about through through your production company. Yeah. I mean, Chaz and I got introduced because of uh, a manager, mutual manager. And uh, and he was like, you have to meet this guy. He's obsessed with serial killers. You're totally a freak. You love all this. You guys are going to get along so well. And so Chaz and I became friends over the phone for a while because I think it was during the pandemic. And um, and then we we started to like hang out and we really became good friends. And, and he had been an American Horror Story and he he was in a couple seasons of that. And he really loves horror movies, like really, really loves horror movies. So um, when I told him we were starting this Bury the Bride project and I told him about the script, he's like, I really want to read it. And um and randomly, I actually, it was his birthday and we went over to his mother's house and we were talking about the movie and, and and we were just like diving deeper into it. And we were talking about, obviously, his mother knows a lot about the film industry as well and like production and things like that and how, how like how our little indie thing works. And, and uh, and you know, so I, I was talking a lot about producing. I guess I got Chaz thinking and he was like, hey, like I've been wanting to produce for a long time. I really love this project. Like, would you be willing to let me come on as a producer and an investor in this this project because I had told him I like I want you to play this character puppy and I know this is going to sound crazy because you're going to read this and be like I don't speak in this movie barely <laughs> at all but but I'm like trust me it's going to be a really impactful part of the movie it's yeah. going to matter yeah like hear me out just just if you tr- if you trust us at all just trust us on this and he keeps saying in interviews like I'm so glad that I did um, and so, yeah, it, it, he ended up doing this part and then we're like, yeah, let, let's, let's try this out. And he came on as a producer and now he's actually involved in our next project. He's going to be a producer on that one as well. And he's, he has That's a role awesome. in that. So yeah, it's been a great partnership and he's just a cool guy to be around. So I wanted to ask you spider about just the relationship you have with your cinematographer. You've used before Andy, yeah. um, what do you like about him and what he brings? Nothing. <laughs> no, I love Andy. No, he's the best. <laughs> he's great because he he's a he's a visual artist as well as well as a cinematographer. He draws these insane illustrations, and he has a similar aesthetic uh, that I do in terms of the movies we like. And I, you know, and he's a uh, you know he's he's in it for the art of it. You know, what is the expression uh, a painting in every frame? You know, like, yeah, yeah. and that's kind of like what we go for you know, to try to, uh, so he, he understands that, you know, in, in which is, you know, it, it's, I don't know if it's hard to find. I don't know if that's at every DP's like, but I really enjoy that he is. And he's really calm too. Like he's not freaking out. He's not, you know, he's, the, he's a, a bit of a rock on set too, which is nice. And especially in these movies that it's easy to freak out. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, I've never seen him like lose his cool once or, you know, and, and he's also willing to explore, things that he may not agree with you know what i mean because uh sometimes he'll set the camera and he's like what do you think about this i'm like no (laughs) totally wrong he's like okay and we change it you know so yeah and a lot of cinematographers like and rightfully so because they you know they they are kind of second to the director that you know they can be heavy-handed in trying to take over uh the look of a film but he he doesn't do it's very collaborative with that stuff and so He's he's very um he's a horror fanatic and he but he has always has great ideas but he's, that too you know, his his knowledge of horror movies is yeah. really in, uh he has a lot of depth to it so you, there's a lot of shorthand because mm-hmm. he'll mention a scene and he's like oh yeah I know exactly what you're talking about yeah like and wow. he'll even remember like the color palette he's like oh that's like a yellowish I'm like yeah man yeah. oh wow yeah so, so you were referencing like specific yeah. movies yeah I mean they always do that I mean I think there's always like a there's always a jumping off point to certain you know aesthetics that you're trying to get at or even scenes you know that you're sort of emulating with the other with the actors and with this with the dp of just getting a you may not be 
you're not copying somebody else's movie, but there's a feeling that you get from right. something that you want to try to figure out. Like, how did they get that feeling? So, Interesting. Well, yeah, that is dead. And that is really important to have someone who's speaks your same language, right? So yeah. you can see, yeah, reference a movie. Oh, yeah, fuck. Without him having to go away, watch it. Uh, yeah. I think this color thing, <laughs> I'm going to dial it in. Well, I realize yeah. I always tell this story about Andy because I actually worked with him first on What the Spell. So we've worked with him on everything we've ever done. And... I uh, when I was talking to him before we worked together I was like you know I really want to do something different with the lighting stuff he's like well my favorite current movie right now is Mandy I'm like we're gonna be fine oh wow absolutely like it just it's very Andy like you know very arty very visual so that's cool we got to touch on the terrific score so I I see on the credits it's it's you and Tyler contributes (laughs) and Michelle as well how was that kind of delineated um well I did most of the music so it kind of started out when we we edited I always like to put even if it's temporary, like some music in mm-hmm. a few of the scenes that we feel like are really impactful because it dictates the rest of the film. And and so Michelle and I were sitting for a few days while I was editing and, you know, drinking wine. And I'm like, oh, let's try this. Okay, throw this in there. Michelle had her setup, I had my setup, and we we're just like collaborating. And that was super fun. And then, you know, I... I sit in that room for a thousand months, it feels like, and editing. So some stuff I would sit there and do by myself. And then, then there was a few moments... Um, a friend of mine, Paul Wiley, who did the music for Terrifier and Terrifier 2, mm-hmm. he um, he's so great. And I was like, hey, you know, I feel like Spire and I were talking about like, we could use a fresh perspective on a couple of these scenes. And, you know, we love what Paul does. I'm like, so I threw them out to him. I was like, hey, like, do you want to see if you come up with something cool for this? Like, I'm so close to this now and I've done so much of the music. Like, just want to. And we, I sh- we sat down and showed him a few of the scenes that we'd already done. And he did an amazing job. He wrote two great songs um, and two scenes. And then the last thing was really that shed scene. And I knew I wanted almost like a metal opera sounding moment when uh, Chaz is in the shed with us. So I went to Tyler because obviously he's a great guitar player, has a great sensibility. And um, we wrote this that crazy little sequence and it was really fun. And it was a quick half day thing. But it's sort of, that was sort of like the last song we put into the film. Um, but yeah, it was it was super fun. And I feel like all the music kind of drove the movie along and we is we allegoria there was so little like the soundtrack was very very minimal mm-hmm. um and this one I, I kind of started that way and then we're like we need more music and as far as like i think we need even more music and i was like okay so it was <laughs> yep. it, this one ended up being pretty heavy-handed yeah i mean a lot of a lot of the reviews uh, you know ourself included they touch on the sound design and the music that yeah. really pops I'm, I'm curious i don't think i've even ever asked you this before but as far as a composer goes mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite horror movie scores are the people that inspire you the most i mean I go, it's weird. It's for me, it's way more about a feeling because I'll, I'll watch a movie and I'll just love, I'll love the way it feels. I mean, I like a lot of the classics, of course, like, you know, like the, the Halloweens and the, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of something modern that I was like, Oh, I mean, I'm more apt to like go after like sounds like in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, you know, like sure. things like that. If you can find like a couple sounds that you're like, you hear that and you're like, that's that movie. I feel like you can build off of that. So I don't know if I have like a favorite, but I think it's more about the film and the way the f- that's kind of how I write is like how each film that we've done has been really different. So how is this film making me feel and where does it guide me musically? Mm. I'm always curious about this. And again, this is something that I've never asked anybody before, but I'm always curious. I haven't even asked you guys about it. as far as what we're hearing and this gets into the sound design part of it a little mm-hmm. bit so you were saying like those microphones are picking up all these this windstorm basically and dust hitting them and all this stuff we don't hear or perceive any of that mm-hmm. as viewers so how much of what we were are he- are seeing and, and hearing was captured by microphones and how much of it is put in the post-production process i mean everything from a door closing to people's voices how much of that is recorded by the microphones and how much do you add? I mean... It's both. It's a combination. Yeah. Well, I think ADR-wise, we only did like two scenes with, with the girls. Like, wow. Um, we, didn't, we didn't really do very much ADR, which was amazing. We were able, able to salvage a lot of the dialogue, but we add, accentuate basically every sound effect. So yeah, if there's a but, door closed... But in a way that's... We try at least for this one. We tried to keep it natural. Like we, we were. It's funny when you when you're making a movie, you start noticing other yeah. people's movies and TV shows. And I remember when we were mixing this, we were watching Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. And I was like, 
oh my god <laughs> like someone would drop a backpack on the floor it's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like that's like funny stuff you don't notice unless you're yeah, making like, a movie. Wow, go, wow they really a, go like, which is amazing. Right? It really works. Like it's but, a style, yeah. right? It's yeah. very dramatic. Someone shuts a door and it's just like boom, boom. Sounds like a cannon. Yeah. Um, but you realize that you, you know, you do have to do a little of that. We didn't go to that extent. Yeah. Like, I think any enhancement is just more of a natural sound mm-hmm. that you want the door to be a little louder when it shuts, so you you enhance that. You know, you have your natural sound that you recorded with the microphones, but you you find yeah. sounds to supplement. Yeah, I think the the more challenging, which was the same with Allegorio, was some of the um, sound effects within. I guess there's not necessarily creatures in this, but you know, uh, like the eating sequence. Sure, when they attack find, scenes when they find and puppy things like that. Stuff. It's like you don't. Yeah, you don't want to do the just the normal. Like I think in Allegory, we use like raccoons mating and weird stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. and, and in this film, I was like using like weird like animals i didn't know made i was like deep diving i'm like what does this animal like sounds and it was like weird owls and and like pigs and things and i was using that mixed with other things to make a sound that was like different than anything yeah and all your own too right i mean you guys know from from the from the the bleeders uh, yeah doing the gore sound is the most fun sure it's just gross bones crunching and just stack shit on top of each other and you're like oh that sounds great you have a scene like as just a visual it's kind of like you know looks good but then you start adding those sounds you're like this i think i'm gonna throw up this is disgusting yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i mean uh, again trying to trying we're still trying to avoid spoilers but as far as your approach to gore and everything, is that an intimidating thing when you go out and film something? Is that something that's crazy expensive to do? Is it scary because you can only do it? There's only a limited number of setups. What is that like? Yeah, I mean, it definitely. I mean, we don't. Yeah, especially when you're 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 dealing with a tight schedule, limited amount of days, and you're like, man, we got to get this. Yeah, and you know, you don't. You, you generally try to have a couple backup wardrobes in case you got to clean somebody up right, and, and start over again. Right. But, but yeah, you really try to get it on the first or second try because it can be a nightmare. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it's like, because it's, you can test it at home, you, you know, but until you're there, you know, you don't always know if it's going to work yeah. or succeed. And, uh, do you even know when you're there if it if it works or succeeds? Or you don't really find that out till you're sitting in your computer screen. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I, I, you know, yeah. There's a couple of moments that I knew on set worked. I was like, yeah, that looks really good. Yeah. And there are other ones like I don't know. Like uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. And, and but you can't. You know, you just the makeup people just spent three hours putting a, a prosthetic whatever on somebody that you've got to rip apart. You don't have another. Th- three hours yeah, to do build it, all that know, shit. So you yeah. just gotta, man, hope that it, it works. Yeah, make it work. Luckily, again, we try to find talented people that know what they're doing and, and, and we didn't really have any problems, uh, no. so to speak. But, I uh, feel like, the, the you know, we had to make a head for this one that we felt like the uh, Ken Calhoun made the head and it looks amazing. Um, and... I think that there was there was a couple other things. We we tend to always go practical. We love practical effects, but this I actually had to teach myself how to do some VFX. Oh, and cool! I, and I did did in a couple moments. Um, so that was interesting because we we tried to have a couple people do it, and it didn't feel right. And we're so particular that I I did it myself, and we're like, okay, cool. But yeah, it was a lot of me just sitting there for a thousand hours trying to figure it out because that wasn't necessarily my skill set. Well, yeah. uh, mission accomplished because I can't tell. <laughs> Thank it's you. Incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the whole thing just looks practical. Yeah. Effective. What were you going to ask? Yeah, I was going to say, in terms of uh, directing this film, splitting the duties, like, was there a specific focus? Like, like obviously, she's in a scene, so you got, you got to be directing her, uh, Chrissy. And, and, you know, is there like a specific, did you guys divvy it up somehow? Like daytime, nighttime? or specific? Well, not the directing. Yeah. I mean, we co-wrote, but mm-hmm. I took on 100% of the directing duties uh, because... There's no way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, I, I can't imagine being in in a, in that many scenes and having to direct as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, for this, I just did all the, yeah, so it was just on me. And, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's also, we, we communicate all the time. And, uh, you know, if she wants to see something, can I see what this is framed like? And, I, you know, we always It's share like with the editing, since I edit it, it's, we work very close that way because sometimes I'll be like concerned. I'm, I'm thinking about like, okay, when we go to post, does he have this? I'm like, can, can I just check and make sure that 
because I'm already like thinking about the edit in my head. But yeah, he he directed and and you know in seven days I was literally in like every single scene I other than one. So I'm like, there's no way I could have and you know done that as well. I can't. I don't know how people do. I mean, I guess they just have a great assistant director or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which I didn't have. So that or said, they have a lot more time. <laughs> that said, was it awkward as hell when he was directing uh, Lindsay's dance sequence? <laughs> no, I, you know what we loved. We loved. I, I hung out that whole time, um, and because I wanted to support. You're damn right, you. Yeah, yeah, no. Spider's like more ass. Yeah, and she's like shut Actually, up. That was usually me. I was like Andy. Like you gotta shoot her butt more. And, and so oh my like, god. Up. But no, I, I, Lindsay and I have such a good relationship. And, you know, when she saw the shorts, she was like, immediately blame me. She's like, come on, Chrissy. I'm like, what? They're like, <laughs> they look great on you. And so, um, but no, it was actually really fun. And I was like, well, that was one of the scenes I was the most excited to, about the shoot. You know, so I, I just was like, I'm going to, I just stood on set and froze my ass off and watched, you know, and, but it was great. And, and I wanted to support her and, you know, having another female there that's, has her sure. back when she's yeah, all these dudes that. like leering yeah, at her. Yeah, I mean, she had a real. That was a you know, uh, it, the the you know the, the her character is is so like comedic and light. But when I think about what she had to do, as particularly that day, yeah, it's, it's like a lot going on there. You know, sure. like she had to do some kind of be the funny one in the car scene, making jokes, and then she gets there and then has to be super vulnerable with that that dance, and then something horrific happens that switches you know the it just you know and it, it was a lot it was a crazy night you know it yeah. was a really intense and she had a, it, like anytime anyone had to lay in that on that ground after the, the rattlesnake thing and seeing the the amount of spiders that were really mad that we were there Jeez. like was hard we would like spider oh. sweep and then be like okay shoot it quick okay like and then of course fake blood attracts bugs so. of course i mean anytime we had to you know i don't want to get into specifics but anytime we had to we had something horrible happen to a character and I'd never, I've, I'd never had this happen making a movie. Uh, I would be driving home and I would like feel really weird. Like I felt really bad, like <laughs> guilty. Cause I, you know, not only these real people, these actors, my friends, but then the characters seem so real and we just feel this, you know, you think you felt the same way. We're like, oh man, like I feel really, I'm kind of bummed out. Like, it's a good yeah. sign though. That we did this. Well, this it, it was, it was weird because when we did the initial cast uh, table reads, it, we were like, this is hysterical. We're all like hissing ourselves, laughing at like each other's lines and having like, it, it was, it, and, and yes, there's still funny elements, but this is not a comedy. And so when we got on set and actually started shooting it, it was heavy. It was like, wow, this is different than in a good way but like yeah I think Spire's right we're both just like fuck yeah, yeah it was crazy <laughs> did you guys it. find any good restaurants in the desert oh interesting <laughs> absolutely there was not zero uh, yeah. <laughs> meth labs meth labs yeah right. I saw some crazy shit though like because <laughs> yeah. you had to you know you, you got off the freeway and then you had to drive like six or seven miles into the heart of nowhere and I and it would just see like I, one day I was driving a set and there was this car pulled off to the side of the road and like had no hood on the you know engine and this woman was standing outside of the car and the, and the guy was on the other side of the car with like a giant two by four smashing something into the ground onto the other on the other which I couldn't see and I'm just like this murder happening yeah, yeah what the hell and you see like random people riding a bike yeah, like in the middle of nowhere like in the middle literally nowhere like and I think Spider's being generous by saying it was six miles. It was like further. It, there was just nothing forever. Yeah. And some guy in a huge winter coat we'd see every night, like riding his bike in the middle, like way off in the horizon. <laughs> I mean, it is the kind of place that where people go to disappear. I mean, it really is yeah. like a, a, a weird vibe out there. I can imagine. I mean, that cabin is like in the middle of fucking nowhere, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And anything that is around there looks just like that. That's you know I mean? so, so it's weird. Not like, oh, like how just, do you make that decision? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to build a house yeah. there. I mean, I think there was there was the the second house on the property was uh, somebody's home that had gone. Apparently, I don't know how this is possible. But there was a flood in the 80s mm-hmm. what? in the middle of the desert, and it destroyed all these homes. And they they left the remnants of that structure still up, and we used it for for the scene where Sadie and June are, are searching. Um, 
but yeah, it's really crazy. Like so that cabin, the main cabin, mm-hmm. where you is it the interior as well that you guys feel yeah. like it's completely yeah. yeah. yeah is it, it like it, it must be longer than it is wide because it yeah. looks so tiny when you guys yeah. are in front of it. I like, mean, what? It, well, it was tiny though too. We cheated certain rooms, but no, yeah, it was bigger than it seemed. But it was. It, I mean, like, it was probably. 800 square feet or something. One bedroom? Two bedrooms? Two. two. Two bedrooms. We only used one for in, in them. The other one literally had holes to the outside and there was like giant lizards and probably other things in there. Holy it was like you'd see them running through and we're just like, oh my God. <laughs> Did you have to dress it at all? Any of that furniture no, that, or stuff? Uh, all there? No, a couple things, but other mainly it was, that's what it looked like. We brought in the little uh, fox head yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. And yeah. then, then uh, he was in I Live Alone as well. He's been in a few movies. We did uh, just a couple things to like the door and stuff because we had to mess the door up. But um, oh, yeah. and we also brought in the carpet that Scott had to lay on because I was yeah. not going to Yeah, that nastiness, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, in the inflatable hot tub we, we brought yeah. to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. <laughs> that would be something that you'd probably see out there. Though, yeah, for sure. Fucking, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, if you're, cu- if you're listening to this and you're curious about this movie, if you haven't seen it already, I'm, I'm sure that this conversation has piqued your curiosity. If anything, <laughs> just to see this dance that we're talking about, what, what yeah. the hell are they getting at? And this twist, right? We haven't revealed anything of the no. twist, so no. go out and discover the twist and get surprised. Leo, did you have anything else you wanted to add to this, uh, to the movie questions before we wrap? You good? Yeah. You look like you're about to say something. No, I'm just... You're good? Scarlet's tired. Oh, Scarlet's like texting you? Yeah. You're putting the kids to bed. Was there anything that uh, just didn't make the the cut? Like, for example, was there a scene you really, really wanted to try and shoot daytime, nighttime interior that just could not happen because of lighting or weather or, you know, or timing or budget. Not really, I wouldn't no. say a scene. We didn't leave anything out. I mean, it is pretty much everything that was on the page. But we, like I said earlier, we changed things like the the opening scene was originally supposed to be all the the girls driving. And then they pull over and she gets out because she has to pee. And we're just like rigging a car. Right. It's going to take another four hours. So it's like they're already pulled over. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. it's so things like that. Definitely. We we would alter from this from the script but um but i think we pretty much got everything we yeah we had on paper. i mean yeah. the one thing i'll say if people, any indie filmmakers are going to attempt doing something like what we did the the biggest thing we do for all our films is a ton of pre-production like a ton a ton and so we were scheduled to like the minute and we stuck to our schedule and everybody knew exactly what they were doing when they got to set so we luckily didn't have to miss anything but I don't think prepared. I knew what I was doing. Right yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Though. But I pretended. Yeah. <laughs> it's all that matters. Fake it till you make it, baby. <laughs> so, okay, as we wrap up, there's a couple questions I just wanted to ask to, to close it out. Uh, things that are coming in the future. I saw there's masks from Allegoria on the way. Yeah. 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 Uh, Allegoria, the, uh, my first film, we've got masks coming out uh, from Trick or Treat Studio. That's crazy, dude. Of, That's uh, awesome. Of the paint monster and Brody. And we're actually going to do a little action figure of the paint monster and Brody, too. So we're going to have toys and it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. pre-ordered yeah. now. Be dresses you, Chrissy, for Halloween. I, I know. I feel like we, if you guys don't all do it, I'm going to be so mad. So yeah, you can, you, can, uh, <laughs> you can pre-order those now at Trick or Street Trick or Treat Studios uh, and the, the allegory is out on Blu-ray which you can get on Amazon and mm-hmm. Walmart and all that stuff so that's exciting to have that's the fun part right like the movie's been out for a year and you kind of forget about it like oh cool we got masks you know? <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, exactly so it's definitely like a bucket list dream I'm that's like awesome. I'm pretty stoked about it <laughs> yeah. for sure oh man and then musically Spider anything going on with Power Man at this time You've yeah been- um, finishing up a new album going back on tour in July, right after we shoot another movie in June. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so um, I'm hoping for some sort of vacation. No. If she lets me in like late August, maybe. Have, like, have <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're getting ready. Yeah, we're going to do a nice summer tour. Uh, and... Um, and then yeah, we're we're uh, we're making another movie in June, so we're just not stopping. Oh yeah. man! Well, Chrissy, how about you? Are you uh, writing, directing, uh, helping out with both on this one, starring? Yeah, uh, I'm, all the above. I'm, I'm producing and doing all my usual duties, and I'm acting in this new one. Um, Spider's going to be directing, um, and and then I have a short called Hymns that's doing the festival circuit right now. Yeah. That. I kind of did in between that. That was a really cool little intimate story that I wanted to shoot something with our daughter. She's three and she's really into acting and she's a horror fanatic. So 
um, I wrote something based around, you know, she gets really upset when her dad goes on tour because her whole family isn't together. So I took it much further and I was like, well, what if that made like this entity, you know, inhabit a house and, you know, because it, she, we were vulnerable because daddy's gone. Sure, yeah. So yeah, it, it, it's a really fun little film and she's she's amazing. So we're super proud of her. Yeah. Did, did she get to see it on the big screen at Panic Fest? Not oh, only yeah. did oh, she yeah. see it, she got up and gave a speech before they did the shorts block <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then ours was the final one in the shorts block and she ran to the front of the theater in front of a packed audience and took a bow and got a standing ovation. So yeah. What an experience. She's like, here I am and then, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty hilarious for a three-year-old. I love it. That, <laughs> yeah. is, that is so great. That is so great. All right, you guys. Well, uh, oh, sequel ideas, man. Oh, God. Oh, it, God. E- it ends, oh. it ends on wanting to, right? <laughs> Come on. You know, that's what everyone is talking about. I'm like, please do not. Even. It is set up <laughs> to be a last, very cool sequel, yeah, man. a lot of ideas floating around, yeah. but it's like the last thing I want to think about. But well, he every day that, she's like, we we'll really like, got to start thinking yeah. about it. And I'm like, oh. Especially with this feedback, man. People want it. And yeah, oh man, is it ever leave on there a good, some good uh, Yeah, we, we've got some we've got some ideas of where it could. I mean, I would love to just pick up. In fact, it's funny. I wanted. I had an idea. It was too late to do it. Well, maybe that's actually one thing we didn't get to shoot because I thought about it too late. That would it would be hilarious to do because the, sh- the movie opens with them all in the car. Yeah. That if you did like a post credit sequence yes. of them back in the car, all yes. like you know, <laughs> yes. looking like hell and just yes. driving back home after all this. <laughs> so that could be where the next one starts. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, it writes itself. It yeah. Writes itself. <laughs> all right, you guys. Thank you so much thank as always. Guys. Congratulations. Thank you. Everybody go see all their stuff. One Fox Productions. Go check it out. All right. Yeah. That was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode 382. Special thanks to our guests, Spider One and Chrissy Fox. At time of release, see their newest film, Bury the Bride, free exclusively on Tubi. Production tracks provided by, wouldn't you know it, Power Man 5000. Till next time, for myself, Lauren and Leo, it is the Blue Crew saying, sweet screams. See you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, Chopped and Slice. By Trevor Shan. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, home of the Boo Crew. For horror centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy or disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.